The Bizarre Cast contains adult themes and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Bizarre. And it is just I today. There's no guests. And as you can see from the title, I'll be talking about terror australis i didn't misspell australia guys that's a little play on words that's your homework for today and yes i just want to chat about all things mad that have been happening down in australia where i currently live that you may not be aware of and this is going to encompass just general disasters like the bushfire disasters that were happening maybe what was going on there how did they happen and more recently and more topically the coronavirus, which is now being called COVID-19, uh, but we'll be calling it the corona for the sake of the podcast. The confirmed worldwide total cases today, as of the time of recording, which is the 16th of February, is just over 76,000 with over 1,500 confirmed deaths. Now, this is mainly concentrated in mainline China. And a lot of people are just blocking flights in and out of China as a result of that. And just very strangely, the juggernaut that is Chinese government. We'll get onto that in a second. But first, we got to go for the bushfires. Yes, Australia is still burning. It may be out of the news, but um, by all accounts, things are under control. Uh, we had pretty much biblical floods in the last two weeks uh the sydney water and the sydney dam there actually got eight months of rain within a two-week period so it's back up to capacity which is absolutely fabulous but the funny thing is the floods aren't even going to help with the fires uh because the ground is so dry it's just going to run off and it's been causing floods but interestingly i've heard uh, a lot of people over the last couple of weeks mentioning that oh yeah it's basically climate change deniers and they're blaming the bushfires on different arson activities um but that isn't really true uh and to people say it's not got to do with climate change or it is got to do with climate change uh there's also a few question marks over that as well um i am actually going to have a load of links in the show notes today just as a little bibliography because uh, it's going to be a little bit statistic heavy and different stories and new stories heavy podcast today but i was listening to a nature podcast and those of you who don't know nature is one of the most reputable scientific journals uh, on the planet uh, based out of london uh, i was a subscriber for a while when i was a student because it was only 50 euro for the year as opposed to 500 or something like that and they said they can't actually fully pinpoint it down to climate change, but it was almost a perfect storm of different winds and high temperatures and drought and the way the fires caused their own weather systems. It was very hard to tell whether it was just based on climate and on the point of the arsonists. Many people will point to there was, you know, 200 plus people arrested for those. Uh, in many cases, it was people with barbecues during a fire ban or something, and it got blown over and it went into the brush. Uh, other times it was 
you know, younger people, teenagers or just other idiots that may have lit them accidentally by trying in uh, lit cigarette butts, etc. But it wasn't, for the most part, uh, intentional burning. And the problem is, since it was so dry, if there was any dry lightning, it could just light things up. So it was very precarious. And yeah, there's lots of talk that they could have done more back burning, but it was so dry initially that they couldn't do it. So it was actually more or less a perfect storm. So I'm actually going to leave a link to the Nature podcast where they actually did discuss that. Uh, so it's a little bit of both. There was burning uh, from human activity and there was also just a whole host of different activities that caused this to be as big an issue as it was. Because I think the last count I saw, there's been supposedly over a billion animals dead in all the fires and not too sure how much has been burnt right now. Um, but the last count I saw is that the whole of the island of Ireland was as if it was just burnt to a crisp. Uh, it might be as big as England now, but out of sight, out of mind. There's no smoke in Sydney the last couple of weeks. So um, as far as everyone's concerned, myself included, uh, they're all under control. So I can only imagine what the world stage and the world news is saying about it, which is probably not a lot given the latest uh, coronavirus. And if you are following on Instagram or Twitter, you're going to see today's photo probably very politically charged. But that out of the floods and the bushfires, uh, there's also another insidious hostility within the country. And that is China's influence over the whole country and possibly that Australia is heading for a big recession because they actually never were affected by the global financial crash at all and the reason for that is they they as in we as in australia have been steadily literally and figuratively uh, digging their way out of any recession because their mining industry with coal and iron ore is their biggest earner and out of all those then I think total exports to China is about one third uh, of total exports. So China really has them uh, by the balls. And there was a few interesting stories over the last few months where there was Chinese spies infiltrating the, well, attempted to infiltrate the parliament. And I will just give you a rundown now of those. So Australia's secret intelligence service the australian secret intelligence service rather and there is also the australian security intelligence organization asio but for now we're just going to say the australian cia because that makes it more interesting uh, i was reading a couple of months ago and it was something lifted straight out of a movie there was this man who was accosted by a chinese businessman down in melbourne and he was a car dealer there would be links for this as well and he was approached because this man uh, lived a frivolous lifestyle with his cash known to flaunt it around uh, and he had racked up a lot of debt now this man approached him and said i will make all your worries go away for a million quid and he threw in of course and there always is a by the way into the mix and this was 
I will give you the million to rid you of your financial ailments, but you have to run for local government. Now, this man, being a proud Australian of Chinese descent, he actually blew the whistle on the uh, ASIO, and they were launching an investigation into this uh, Chinese businessman who approached him. Now, very interestingly, this man had ties to Chinese arms manufacturers making military vehicles was one of his companies looking into the man further they saw him at press events pretending to be a journalist at g8 summits um he was seen wearing chinese uh, military uniforms and he fobbed us all off of oh i was accompanying my friend at those summits just to see what was going on he's a journalist that was my friend's uniform not me at all uh, so it went further and further. So while this investigation was going on, in March last year, the poor man who blew the whistle was found dead in a motel apartment. And they don't really know how he died under mysterious circumstances. If you want to go Occam's razor on the whole thing, you might think he got snubbed off by Chinese government but it is very unclear. Uh, the businessman has denied the last. The Chinese government has said Australia is losing its mind. China would never do this. But it is food for thought. And another recent spy story is a self-confessed Chinese uh, operator defected to Australia. But he's had his assets frozen, which were worth $3 million. And China is reporting that he is a criminal and needs to be brought back to China to be prosecuted and yes whether he is a spy or not China will always deny it uh, this is the second case I'm bringing up today that I've been made aware of so it is um, quite interesting that there's Chinese spies trying to infiltrate but there's always two sides to the whole thing these are currently spies within the Australian government uh, and these are just uh, faint attempts to throw off people who are actually working for the Chinese government. Food for thought, I don't have answers for that one, but it is something that's quite interesting. And further to this then, if they're not trying to infiltrate the government, just funnily enough, pure statistics, I watched the videos the other day, I don't have a link to it, but it was saying that one in 28 people are international students in Australia and out of all Australia I think it's 27 million roughly out of all students there's 3.9 roughly uh, million students so it's 15% of the population uh, and a third of those are coming from China but uh, I was just trying to look at Ireland then as a comparison and it's roughly about 5% of the population is a student. So Australia has this weird, which I've pretty much anecdotally seen with one of my housemates, but there's a very bad pay to play model uh, when it comes to education here. And to be honest, the level of education and basically it boils down to learning English and picking it up and putting out degrees is quite low and uh, quite startling when I see it 
with my own eyes and my own ears. So over in Australia, I think you need five years to get permanent residency. Uh, if you just do a four-year degree, doesn't matter what it is, you get your student visa. You can work 20 hours a week legitimately. And then if you go on to get your master's or a tacked on degree, you'll get your permanent residency. Uh, a lot of people, my last housemate, he was a full-time chef and was doing an online course, but he was trying to go for his PR. Um, lots of people in my office uh, who shall remain nameless, but they went down this route as well. And their communication skills wouldn't be of the standard I would expect for a professional environment, to put it lightly. And yes, as I was just alluding to, kind of a third of all those students um, are from China. And so it's roughly one in 60 people in Australia is a Chinese student, which is just another very strange statistic. And there's, I actually live in Chinatown, so it's not as if I'm railing on China today, but I it's much more of an eye-opening sort of thing because I am very much in the minority in the area that I live. And so it kind of opens my eyes to it because being back in Ireland, I know I have a lot of American listeners, but you don't really hear too much about China or you never think of that other side of the world, but they do seem to have a very growing influence over Australia, which is kind of worrying because I just see constant ads for giant Chinese developments and buying up land. and It's kind of crazy because just again, as a whole, since I am living in Chinatown, you do just get the different perspective in other news as well. The prime minister is a climate change denier going back to the bushfires. So that's always an issue. And he's Mr. Cole, loves the coal, loves exporting the Chinese. Maybe he's the spy. Who's to know? But we got to get on to the coronavirus. Back to it. China then, uh, on the topic of China, is threatening seven-year jail sentences for misinformation uh, about the virus. The actual whistleblower died there during the week, apparently, of the coronavirus. He was a doctor. Uh, Again, I think since he was spreading the information before the authorities gave it he might have been snuffed out as well because he was one of the youngest victims of the virus which it's just meant to be a normal sort of bad flu uh it's mostly older people are vulnerable people because let's not get the statistics out of line here because worldwide flu season death numbers are between 250 to 500,000 deaths per year uh, just for normal influenza so the real issue with a new novel virus the novel coronavirus is people mightn't be able to get the help if they are weak and vulnerable because the health systems get overrun and you won't get the treatment that is the issue with any of these novel outbreaks and there is a mass hysteria to it as well people might think any cough and a sniff uh, they have the corona and it causes mass panic this is the issues with these types of diseases but just to compare to the last super virus that was coming out of china about 20 years ago now at this stage was the sars epidemic but in comparison to that that was only 800 deaths 
within a 12 month period. And as I said at the top of the show there, uh, it's just over 1500 now after a month and a half. So it is worrying to an extent. I've heard people saying in work like, oh, this child in my son's crash, they're just back from Wuhan. And I'm just like, why are you in the office? Why are you saying this out loud? Get me out of here. Lots of coughs and sniffs. And even I'm getting paranoid with the whole thing. Uh, but that you might have seen videos online of the new hospital that was built in two weeks. Uh, it's more or less empty by all accounts. Uh, there's no one in it. There's 60 patients for the thousand beds, I believe. Um, I will have a link to the news article on that as well. Uh, it was all a publicity stunt um, because, as you can imagine, if you're setting up field hospitals, that makes it look like it's a country under pressure and not dealing with it but if you're building hospitals from the ground up you have a plan and you're looking after people very scary videos going around online that are leaking out of china there is an unsubstantiated uh, rumor that i did see i will not leave links to this but it isn't outside the realms of possibility so i'll just mention it here there is a rumor that in wuhan uh, last week or so, there was a a pit, an open, basically crematorium. Uh, it is estimated that there may have been 13,000 uh, bodies being burnt there. And the reason people thought this was there is actually online air quality trackers from different satellites. We have been using that down here for the smoke, uh, so whether we could go outside or not. And the concentration of SO2 was so high in that region outside Wuhan, and if you overlay it with maps, it was just a field, that the concentration of SO2, which is formed through the burning of organic matter, uh, was reckoned that it was estimated 13,000 bodies, or if a normal human was X weight, might have been burning there. Uh, it is quite possible that it could have been livestock. Um, I have seen videos definitely of the swine flu epidemic where they were burning pigs alive in pits and i have seen other unconfirmed videos that was passed on to me about literally pits and fields of pigs who are just going to get slaughtered so it could be pigs but it could be that the virus is way worse than being officially let on because in that same post that i was reading there was uh, pictures of teams of basically nearly SWAT uh, hazmat people storming buildings and convoys of ambulances going to undisclosed locations. So it is all very crazy uh, stuff that's happening there. Uh, and it is reached the shores of Australia. Just go back to Australia again uh, for people traveling to Wuhan because it was the Lunar New Year, the last episode that we were talking about. And fluxing in and out of Wuhan was 5 million people. And just to put in perspective, that is as if five, or basically the whole island of Ireland just disappeared and went traveling to France or something, uh, that there was not a soul left on the island. So the amount of people going back and forth, um, there's a rumored case on a cruise liner just in the harbor right now that I saw yesterday. Uh, it's docked and there isn't a soul up on deck not allowed out and there has been a few people tested i think there's two confirmed 
cases and it's crazy. So really, I just wanted to give you a quick update on mad things like that between spies, bushfires, floods. Uh, this is what's happening down in Australia. But the Australian spirit is a strong and resilient one. I'm certainly not running away from here. Um, it is a fabulous country, but there is a dark underbelly that has been exposing itself after a couple of months of living here. You see the cracks in the shiny veneer as you do in any place that you would live. And it is just interesting. So I said I'd wanted to share a little bit of my insights into just living down here and China's influence in Oceania. And there we have it. Uh, I will leave you now with a little haiku. I am enjoying these because they're quite easy to come up with. So here we go. We'll end the show today with a haiku. But first, you better support the show with a review and just follow us on Twitter at the usuals, at the Bizarrecast, or on Instagram at the Bizarrecast. Corona is here. I'm not trying to be funny. Worst is yet to come. Until next time, folks, take care, wear your face masks, and uh, knock back a Corona with lime for me. Take care. End of line.